I'm Megan Sheets. Welcome to the Generational Wisdom Podcast. I believe that you get out what you put into anything you do, including parenting. In this podcast, my dad and I talk about mindful parenting from the perspective of two generations. I find that these conversations about different parenting approaches not only challenge me, but also help me to feel more connected with my toddler. Thanks for joining us. Welcome back to the Generational Wisdom Podcast. I'm Megan, sitting here with my dad, Dennis, and today we're going to talk a little bit about a new phase we're going through with Bird, which is, um, I don't even know what to call it. I don't want to call it a toddler tantrum because it's really more just about this anger or frustration that she's starting to feel. And Does it get loud? Yeah. That's a tantrum. (laughs) No matter what you want to call it. Once it gets loud, it's a tantrum. So toddler tantrums. Yeah. And sometimes they're directed at no one, but sometimes they're directed at, at Buzzhawk and I. And just like a, a quick example, today we're in the car. We went to the park. It was a really fun morning. And on the way home, it was just out of nowhere. We're pulling in the driveway and she saw a bird's nest. And we didn't know she saw a bird's nest. And so all of a sudden we're in the garage and she's real upset. And real angry um, because she didn't get to get out of the car and see the bird's nest. And even just digging into trying to figure out what we missed that suddenly she's so angry about is like, well, by by that time that we finally understand that we can help her solve it by just like we let her get out of the car. We were in the garage. We walked out front and we let her see the bird's nest. But by that point, in many cases, she'll have directed the anger towards us and she does this like scrunchy nose uh cody calls it her troll face yeah yeah. and then sometimes (laughs) she'll point at me or just start demanding you know she gets mad and starts talking not nice towards us and then that puts us in a position where it's hard to then want to give her what she wanted because now it's like well you know we have rewarding bad behavior yeah yeah (laughs) so that's what i want to talk about Okay. Well, uh, first of all, I think it's very important to understand where anger comes from. Now, this was dad's epiphany. And uh, I thought about it a long time. And I think he's right. And I thought I've used it through the years. And it's, it's, I think it's for sure, right. Which is anger comes from a feeling of helplessness. When we start to feel helpless, about controlling our own destiny here, uh, then we get angry. Uh, when, when you have a flat tire and you, you get you pull off the side of the road, it's helpless feeling because maybe ninety degrees outside. Jesse's in the in the back seat as a baby, and you, you know it's hotter than hell. And it, you can you'll get angry because you feel helpless to do anything about it, especially if you don't have a spare tire. So. Anger is spawned by a feeling of helplessness. So if you follow the dominoes back, it becomes uh, you have a thought and then you have a feeling and then you have a, a, a course of action. So and, and when it comes to anger, that feeling is one of frustration and helplessness. So <clears throat> knowing that, there's is part of the battle. So what you got to figure out, A, you got to 
ignore the fact that she's calling you bad names or she's throwing a temper tantrum. You just understand she's angry. So what's she feeling helpless about? What did we miss? And always, I mean, if you could get her to talk and the older she gets, the more you could, she can talk and, and you can understand, the easier it's going to get. So there is that. Uh, right now, she's talking pretty good, but still not communicating great. So knowing that, and also knowing that kids want to please the parents. So here's the conflict of interest. They want to please you, and yet they're, they're feeling helpless about what's going on, and they blame you. So no wonder they're throwing a fit. Do I, you know, I can't please you if you're making me feel helpless. So understanding that is step one. Uh, where you go from there is, you know, you're, you're looking around and seeing if you can't figure it out uh, by asking questions. You know, when they're throwing a fit, you can say, you know, let them throw their fit. And once they die down a little bit, then uh, you can ask them, why are you angry? Now, you know, it's because they're feeling helpless about something. So once they start talking, that's what you're listening for. What part of this story is she telling me that will tell me what it is that's making her feel that way? And that's how you approach it. Uh, when the child's angry, it's a reaction. And if it doesn't solve their problem, it will die down. If you engage them and tell them to calm down, well, then that becomes a, a power struggle. No one likes being told to calm down. I sure do <laughs> not like being told to calm down. And, and that's the thing is kids are just like you and me. Same feelings. They just don't have the mileage to understand everything. And so... You, that's where you have the advantage. You do have the mileage to understand things, but you got to ignore the behavior in a sense that it's not personal. When a child is throwing a fit, it's all about the thoughts in their head. And the feelings that they're having. Well, once you have the thoughts, then you get the feelings and then you get the action. This is, this is a, a domino that works every time. It's just a fact. Uh, thoughts come before feelings. You have something that happens. Uh, your home team hits a home run in the bottom of the ninth and wins the game. Okay, that's what happened. My thought is, we won. Elation. My action, jump up and down and slap everybody's hand, <laughs> high-fiving everybody around me, right? So that's how it works with everything. Uh, there's something in your environment that you either heard, saw, and then you have a thought about that, and then you have an action. So feelings really set us into motion of action. And when you got the anger, then the, the, the thought was one of helplessness. So having said all of that, once the kid calms down on their own, because if they're throwing a fit, throwing a fit, throwing a fit, and you're doing nothing, you're just watching, they're going to eventually calm down. They're so, going to burn themselves out, and then you can sit down and, and have a discussion. That's Before that, you're not going to have a discussion. You're just going to get anger and anger and anger. 
So maybe where we're missing the mark is that we try to jump in and help. So here's another example, because I definitely understand it comes from the helplessness. I get that. But the hard thing is it all happens way too quick for us to prevent, you know, to help with the helplessness. Like she's sitting on the high stool. We're feeding. Oh my gosh. Do we have a nickname for baby yet? I think just baby, right? Baby. We're feeding the baby. We're making dinner for ourselves. We're dishing up bird dinner and, and her sippy cup falls on the floor and she can't reach it. And then it goes from like, if we knew that that happened and we had a hundred percent of our attention on her, which is just not possible, then maybe we could have run over and picked it up. But instead she gets mad at her sippy cup, you know, you know, she'll like yell <laughs> something at the cup, which is a little funny. We try not to laugh. And then, and then we say, Oh bird, you need some help. You know, cause she's grunting at the cup and she'll even put like fits, you know, she shows she's frustrated. And, but then it's like our asking if she wants our help, then redirects her anger at us and no, you know, or like whatever she says, it's not, it's not even like mean, but it's anger towards us. It's not asking us nicely for help. And so that's what puts us in a bad situation. No, it doesn't. It's, it's fine. If somebody doesn't want your help. Fine. Go back to do what you were doing. Well, I know she, she does, but she, she's not asking for it nicely because she's too angry. See what do you mean saying? she's not asking? You're saying she didn't want the help. Well, you're right. Maybe we're trying to fix a problem she doesn't want help with yet. Yeah. Don't, don't fix it. It ain't broke. She's allowed to be angry. You know? And we tell her that. We always say it's okay to be angry. But so, it's not okay to throw a toy. No. You know, that's the other thing. Is parents think you got to fix everything right now. No. No, no, no. Let the kid learn through doing. We all learn by doing. I can tell you uh, and, and show you diagrams on how to change a lock. But until you actually do it several times, you don't know how to change a lock. So having Bird throw a fit uh, and let her throw it. Uh, go about your business. And when she decides that that's not working, then she'll come to you. And uh, ask for your help. And then you gladly give it to her. As long as she's not hurting anyone in the process. Oh, well, you can't let her wallop on the baby. Or, or the pets. Uh, but, you know, toys. Uh, if she busts a toy up, uh, she's the one that's going to suffer. Yeah. You don't play with it. Uh, you don't care whether that toy exists or not. Yeah. And uh, she just hurts herself and she'll learn. Uh, next time, she won't break her favorite toy or a toy. Now, if she goes over and breaks baby's toy, well, that's where you you could intervene, but it probably would be better if you didn't. It would be better to let it happen, and then she'll be remorseful later when because uh, she won't forget that she broke baby's toy, and uh, you can just bring it up. I mean, poor baby. I mean, Baby misses his toy. And yeah. so, you know, yeah. she'll be remorseful. And, you know, you, correcting something instantly invites more problems. Allowing it to happen, accept that it's going to happen, just stand back and let it happen. As long as she's not going to throw something through a window. So totally ignore her when she's having her outbursts. But, you know, you can keep an eye on the situation. 
But until she asks for your help or something from you, then I don't see any any profit into trying to intervene. So what if this happens and we're not in the comfort of our own home to just kind of let her process her emotion on her own? Well, you know, if you're at the grocery store, uh, you may have to have a conversation with her and you've got to be willing to follow through because there's been times when those kids should have been picked up and just carried out of the store. And I was perfectly willing to do that if it ever arose. I don't think we had any incidents that that couldn't be worked out at the at the store. Yeah, mom told me there was one time where she went around the corner, but she was secretly peeking to make sure I was still sitting there. <laughs> <laughs> was it Jesse that hid in the, in, the, in the coach or something? Well, I don't know. That I don't sounds know. terrifying. I'm not saying walk away from it. No, I'm I know. not saying that. I'm saying you can have a conversation with them, and if they refuse to see reason or to calm down on their own, you can't tell them to calm down because you know that's not a way to – that's just gas on the fire. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you approach it like, I, I'm going to need for you to be quiet. It's okay to be angry, but it's not okay to yell and scream where other people have to listen to it. And uh, if on their own – and I'm not giving them a long time. I give them 30 sex, seconds max. And if they continue to think that this, they're going to double down on this, oh, well, time to leave, leave your cart, <laughs> pick the kid up, and walk out and go home. I know it's inconvenient. Uh, it's terribly inconvenient for you, time-consuming. But if you want the behavior to change in the long run, you got to be willing to suffer a little bit in the short run. Yeah. Uh, there's one thing that nobody's ever questioned about me. If I say it, it will happen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then I don't have problems. I All my problems with you guys pretty much went away when you understood if I said it and you refused, we are out of here. Yeah. Yep. I definitely think... I'm observing that a part of parenting at this phase is being, you have to be flexible to your plans for instances like that. And especially if, if you're going to say, you know, Hey, if if this isn't going this way, then we're going to need to go home or we're going to need to do this. Like a hundred percent, you have to be willing to change your plans than what you wanted to happen to be able to follow through for your, for what you're, promising to your kids so that they do listen. Well, you know what? It's not just that that you follow through. It's that you buy credibility. And you become much more credible when you follow through uh, about other things, too. They'll listen to you more about when you say, well, you know, you can do that, but... And they'll listen. Whereas uh, if you don't follow through then your credibility goes away and that hurts your ability to protect them because you can't always be with them and when you you tell them something and they take it to heart then they're safer when they're away from you so it's not just about that behavior in this moment it's about the long term 
credibility that you have with them, that, that the trust that you can build with them. You, you know, when I help people out, I wasn't angry. I just went quiet, picked them up and walked. I didn't yell at them. I didn't threaten them. I just picked them up and walked. I always think half the battle is if you can stay calm, you're already, you're already ahead. You're already winning in many ways. Oh yeah. Uh, but then you understand that you work the same way as they do. If something happens, you have a thought and then an emotion. And so when you realize this, uh, you can back it up. Uh, and you know, if, if you're having this emotion and it's not one that you want, then you got to back it up and say, what was my thought? And why was I thinking this? And is it really rational to think this? Can you think of it differently? Absolutely. I can't think of any situation that you couldn't think it of it differently to get a different emotion. That brings me to another topic that's related, but talking about how to think about things differently, yeah. feel differently about it. And in this case, we're talking about being the parent and being a little bit maybe less frustrated or, um, you know, bothered by the situation. I was going to save this for a separate episode, but it kind of flows in talking about bedtime <laughs> and going through the routine. So I was talking to a friend recently and he was saying their bedtime has just become what he, he called it something funny. Uh, WWE Smackdown. Like just <laughs> you're wrestling your kids through the whole process. And, you know, um, Alyssa Anderson, who we had on here, remember she shared with us the screen time checklist. Oh I yeah. Remember that? Mm -hmm. So I, I tried that, uh, with bird and with getting ready. Um, and so the weekends in the morning, you know, she wants screen time when baby goes down for a nap. And I said, sure, absolutely. No problem. Once your teeth are brushed, your hair is brushed, you're, you're changed, all of those things. And then all of a sudden me getting her ready was not a struggle because she wanted to do those things. And, but I don't have the luxury of the weekend all the time. And I don't have the luxury of her wanting to choose it because of screen time at bedtime, because she doesn't want ultimately, you know, she's not looking forward to going to bed. So going through the nighttime routine, I don't know if there's a way as a parent to think differently about it or how to handle it differently to get them through the whole thing. Because as I think it's pretty common for toddlers to, um, uh, what do they call it? What's the word where you're trying to buy time? Stall. Yes. <laughs> Todd, the toddler stalling. I mean, and I'd like to say, you know what? We just started early. We started 30, minute early, 30 minutes early so that then in my mind, I'm not stressed about trying to get it through to get done by this time to keep everything on time. But again, there's not always that luxury. You've right. got work, you've got dinner, and sometimes that's just... It's just one flows right into the other. Yes. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know how you think about it differently. It's like, or if you if you can't think about it differently, then... Well, I mean, the routine's always a, a plus. Uh, you get them into a routine. So, but they're no different than you. I mean, uh, there's times when you can't wait to go to bed. And then there's times that you, you just can't, I mean, just not sleeping. Uh, and you want to stay up and so they're the same and so even though they have a routine and you know you like to follow it uh, again you got to be a little flexible now i was thinking about this and you got to somehow make the 
bed more desirable than alternatives. So and this would have to be individually sculpted. I mean, the parents are going to have to think for themselves uh, about how to go about that. And uh, I'm not suggesting any any punishments or any kind of pain or, or you know I'm not suggesting anything that would harm or hurt the child. I just just if you think about how do I make the bed more attractive than the alternative. So if the alternative, what it depends on what the child wants to do. What's he saying he wants to do? If he's only saying he doesn't want to go to bed, then say, well, what do you want to do? And then if you can get an answer, then you got to figure out how to make that less desirable than a bed. Well, I can start bringing this to life. So we got bird almost every night at some point in bedtime, whether it's putting on pajamas or brushing teeth, she'll tell us she doesn't want to do that. Or she'll just flat out run away. And she laughs. She thinks it's fun. And I've tried to tell her, Mommy does not like this game at bedtime. I, you know, we're not playing right now. This is the next step of bedtime is putting pajamas on. And and I, I kind of caught her off guard the other night because I said, you know, Mommy's really going to need your help more often with bedtime. I'm going to need you to help me get your pajamas on. I'm going to need you to help me pick out the book. And she said, what's wrong, mommy? <laughs> I was like, well, I just, I, I need your help getting bedtime done. So you're utilizing the fact that the kids want to please their parents. That's, that's perfect. Well, that helps so, a couple times. And, and, well, but understand that that's always the case at some level. Now, it, it they, they may you may be taking second to something else that they want to do more. Uh, so figuring out what it is, you know, like I say, you, you got to figure out what the motivation is. If you can think about what the motivation is, then you can develop a plan that would make bed more desirable. Uh, I, I don't even know how to approach it without just having to be there and living it. Cause mm -hmm. I create on the spot uh, actions. And, and then it also depends on how much energy I got left. At the end of the day, I mean, we have tapped tapped out right. most Throughout of the our reserves. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think that's a hard thing. We're ready. And, and, you know, Cody has done one thing that he's kind of sprinkled in fun things throughout the bedtime when there's time. So we get done with brushing teeth. And then he asks Bird if she wants to go upstairs and run laps. And we turn on jock jams. And she gets to run and get some energy out, you know, like 10 laps or whatever. And then the song's over. And then she goes on to pajama time and the next thing. And, you know, we end with her and I reading books in her bed. I, I know that's something we both enjoy. Uh, but getting there sometimes really is <laughs> a battle. Uh it could be that if you established ahead of time that she just knows that if I don't go to bed, then I, I do this. So if there was something uh, that you think that she could do that wouldn't be a lot of fun, but it's as an alternative, she would have a choice. I don't think Bird's a big fan of cleaning up her room. 
said, okay, if you don't want to go to bed, all right, you can stay up a little bit later if you go clean up your closet. But her closet is her playroom. So, and it's always a mess after she's been in there. I mean, it's going to be a disaster. Uh, she may, you know, that might be the alternative. Because, mm -hmm. well, it's productive. She doesn't have to go to bed. It's not punishment. I think that that might be an example of the alternative. It's something that they could do that was less desirable than going to bed. Now, having said that, making the bed more desirable. Now, with Bird, I have discovered here, and it's been fantastic, that she loves to pretend. Yes. And she loves it. And so if we pretend that her bed is her castle, and you want to go spend time in your castle with your pet dragon mm. and and mini mini mouse i mean so not only is the alternative less desirable but we make the bed more desirable i think that's that's pretending. really good because oh you nailed not, it with, with bird but you know her so that you know she loves i don't know why i've never thought about that well, we should totally make pretend of what's in her bed like you did the other day with the couch as a boat i know i i we killed an owl <laughs> <laughs> we were on a boat it was a couch and there were snakes in the water and we 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 got in the water it was cold we got back out of the water we went over and we looked at the, the trees mm -hmm. and you know we went fast and we got the waves i mean we just went all out we just used our imaginations just to see what we saw on the lake mm -hmm. And like I said, we killed an act. And she did. She was totally engaged. She did not want to quit. And uh, so, something like that. Uh, I I imagine. I mean, like I say, I do know Bird, but I can't imagine that. Uh, I mean, it it could. You know, other little kids. I didn't. I have got to be around a lot of little kids here for years. Thanks a lot for that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it could be that that's a common thing. Maybe that's more common than we know. Yeah. That little kids love to pretend. I mean, I remember pretending. Mm -hmm. uh, I played, I don't know how many baseball games off the side of my house with a tennis ball. Uh, so she, that may be very common. She loves pretending that we're making a cake. Oh, well, it was her. She just loves food. Yeah. Uh, I mean, how much pretending we did when she was little, little, couldn't talk. And we played with all that food, the mm -hmm. plastic. I uh, mean, she just, we did a long time with that. So I don't even know why it took us so long to, that it occurred to me that we should do something like that. But boy, it worked like a charm. Well, she calls some of her um, pajama dresses, she calls them princess dresses. So maybe yeah, there's tonight, an there's we try, a... okay, if we can hurry up and get our teeth brushed, we'll put on our princess dress and go get in our Pretend castle. castle, and we'll see how it goes. I think of everything you've said, that's I think what I want to try with with her first, because I think that's um, she thinks she'd be pretty excited about that. We'll read a book in the castle tonight. <laughs> yes, <laughs> and see how that goes. Yeah, I mean, you know, and you might have to use your imagination to figure out what it is that triggers her imagination that makes it so desirable. Mm -hmm. No, that's great. And that might even work with the whole routine. Yeah, true. 
why it doesn't have to just be her bed. No, it can be brushing their teeth and yeah. taking a bath and the whole routine. Ooh, now you're really talking. As long as you get her in the pretend mode and she is just all in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she loves it. So, I mean, that might work for everybody. It might not work for anybody but Bird, but I kind of doubt it. I mean, I like I said, I remember as a kid pretending a lot of things. Yeah. And she does I mean, she loves she loves it when, like you said, with the food and if there's props and stuff, but she is totally fine with nothing. You know, when we make our pretend cakes, we need nothing. We get our invisible bowls out, we crack the eggs, we have our invisible spoons. It requires nothing. Right. But in imagination. So I just need to put some thought behind the creativity at each phase of what that could be. So no, that's great. I mean, that might work with everything. How to get them back in the car. Uh, you know, you know, get in there, get in there on your motorcycle. You want to go get in on your motorcycle? Let's go. And get them in the car seat. And vroom, vroom. All right, you ready to take off? Me too. Yeah, yeah. I think it's great. And something else I tried recently because I saw it on Instagram. Someone said like when your toddler is not listening. I think it was. Try asking what you would just ask them to do, but get down on their level and whisper to them. Yep. And uh, that worked. That worked like a charm. So I wonder how we can incorporate, like, you know, that kind of whispering into the pretend. Maybe we're sneaking through. You know, that might even work with uh, them throwing a fit if you just what (laughs) (laughs) yeah no it really got her attention because i went from asking her to do something normal to whispering it and then she loved that's another thing she really leans into she'll whisper it back okay (laughs) oh okay like now that we're whispering this is top secret and i feel cool (laughs) well now we're equals yeah it's no longer the the parent child relationship Mm -hmm. it's the equal relationship yeah i think it helps getting down you know, we're, we're yeah. at the same level. Yeah. We're, we're, yeah. So that kind of circles the full thing back. We got off on bedtime, which I'm glad we did. But it gets back to the, the toddler tantrum. So, you know, understanding that they're helpless. But I think what I heard earlier, you say that to me is what I plan to try something different is maybe not interjecting during the tantrum. I think the hardest thing as a parent I mean, there's lots of hard things, but <laughs> one, of it's the, all hard. <laughs> one of the hard things is to manage your emotion that you just want to fix everything for your child. You love them so much. You want to fix things. And it's hard to take a step back and not fix things when they're not ready to be fixed. And I think not interjecting the second she gets angry and, well, bird, let me help you. Let me help you by getting your sippy cup off the floor. You know, I'll try that. I'll try just letting her ride out that emotion until she's ready for help. Yeah, I I would. So that's my takeaway from the tantrum is just to let it happen. And I think right now I I don't. Well, I tell her it's okay it happens. It's okay to feel this way, but I don't always just let it. I don't let her ride it out because I just want so badly to fix it. Well, that's probably. Now, if you're talking about what's really hard about being a parent is stepping back and watching your kids fail uh but we learn much more through failure than we ever do through success and failures become less and less often when we're allowed to fail and when failure is not that that emotional shame and then it becomes a 
a tool for how you learn to do things. So, yeah, you ever try to drive a nail with a screwdriver? You learn pretty quick that don't work. <laughs> and if you use a hammer, that works, but not nearly as good as an air gun. <laughs> so, you've got to be allowed to fail. Failure's got to be okay. And that's the hard part, sitting back and you know they're going to fail. You can just see it coming. Is this how you felt when I signed up for softball? Yes. <laughs> like, this is not good. Oh, well, God. This... Megan wants to play softball. Well, this won't last long. <laughs> four years, wasn't it? I think I did four summers. Uh, did you? I... Uh, I think not. <laughs> I for sure did more than one. I think you did two. Oh, okay. I think. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we didn't spend a lot of days out there watching you struggle. <laughs> And then cry afterwards. I think I cried after most teams. Uh, yeah, you know. <laughs> so, well, let's recap this thing. Um, I know what I'm going to try different, uh, but do you want to recap the whole? Well, just tell me what you heard. What I heard is that toddler tantrums slash anger uh, come from their feeling of helplessness. And it's not just toddlers. It's human. Right. We all come from a feeling of helplessness, which comes from the thought that we have that leads to that feeling and then a course of action. And that when it comes to toddler tantrums, trying to, it's okay that they're feeling angry. And, it, and the more we can understand the feeling of what's causing the helplessness, the more we'll be able to help them, but also don't try to help them right away when they're not ready to be helped. Don't tell them to remain calm. Um, let them let them feel the emotion, and when they're ready to have your help, then you can be there to help them. Uh, and then we talked about bedtime, and I heard there that how do we just make this more fun? Which I mean, that's so enlightening, but also isn't that just the point of life? Uh, but that all came from your thought of some things you can't control, but you can control how you think about it, or you can try to think differently about it, to feel differently about it. So. If we're dreading bedtime as a, as a household, we might all feel differently about it if we try to make it fun and pretend that the bathroom is one place in the castle and Bird's bed is, you know, another place in the castle. Um, and then if that doesn't work, another thing we'll try is what you mentioned, the alternative. Well, if we're not going to bed, then we're picking up the playroom. Um, make that alternative less appealing than bed. So we want to make bedtime appealing. Uh, that's what I took from it. That's, that's what we were talking about. The only thing I would interject is that it's no wonder that toddlers get angry and throw fits as much as they do because they aren't as capable. Uh, as they become more capable, those incidences will become less. So it's something to look forward to. And the more you allow it to happen and the more they can figure out on their own, again, makes them more capable so that it will happen less. So every time you can empower them, the behavior that they're exhibiting that you don't like will become less. Uh, but you have to stand back and allow them to learn. And that is a lot more difficult. Mm -hmm. But if you're looking at short term, you're gonna suffer, they're gonna suffer. If you're looking at long term, uh, they will suffer much less. And so will you. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. We actually didn't uh, hit on is empowering them. 
And that's something, you know, for whatever reason, I've kind of put on the back burner having Bird learn how to put on her shoes and clothes and everything. It's just like, well, it's easier for me to do it. But like with anything else in parenting, the easy route is not always the best route. And I think the more we can empower her to get her snacks and put her clothes on or shoes on, she will feel less helpless. And and makes it easier for you. Yeah. It's a win-win. Yeah. But in the short term, you might have to wait 10 extra minutes because they can't get your shoes on. Yeah. But if you allow them to finally get them on, unless they ask for your help. And if they ask for your help, then it's okay to have them. But so often we're in a big hurry to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And there's, well, just let me do it. Now, mm-hmm. That's taking away their power. So just something to keep in mind. Uh, empowering is what you want to do. And sometimes that's hard. Yeah. <laughs> well, nothing is 100%. Not every time you're going to feel like a rock star parent. Um, but if, when you do have the time and the energy, letting them. That's just, just one more thing. Yeah. So her bed doesn't have to be something that you bring up and pretend. You can start the ball rolling. And then after the first night, you can say, Bird, what do you want to pretend that your bed is so that we can go there and be be in a magical place. Mm-hmm. So then she gets to create. And once it's her decision to create, then you won the war. It's yep. all over. Yep. Genius. Yeah. She'll like that. She'll pick it. She'll pick the beach, you know. Oh yeah. She'll pick it probably based on the books we're reading, you know, she'll be inspired. Yes. I mean, that, that just opens up a whole new category. It just empowers her. It, it, more she can use her imagination, the better. It, it, using your imagination is a, is a mind builder. It's just win win. Is, is that baby? That's baby waking oh, up. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess we said enough. <laughs> yeah. I think it's time for me to go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yep, I think our time our alarm is going off. Well, thanks for these great ideas, Dad. You're welcome. Hey guys, thanks for listening. We'd love to hear from you. So let us know what topics you'd like us to talk about on an upcoming episode, or we'd also like to hear what's been working really well for you. And you can email those ideas and suggestions to generationalwisdompodcast at gmail.com or just reach out to us on Facebook. We would love it if you would like our page and share this episode with anyone you know that would benefit from hearing this conversation. Have a great week.